Hey, listeners, don't forget to rate us on your favorite podcasting platform. It's a great way to let others know what you think about our show. Do you have a suggestion for an episode topic? Have your own opinions about what we talk about when we talk about zombies? Do you suspect someone of mind wizardry? Let us know at suggestions at lifenarrated.com. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Life Narrated, a podcast about life and the stories we tell. My name is Emily, and I am Ben Helsing's dog walker. I'm Lauren, and I am the great, 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 great grandniece of the Blood Countess of Hungary. My name is Matt, and I'm Mistress of the Night. And today we're going to talk about vampires. Lauren, why don't you start with uh, giving us some background on the history of vampires? Oh, Emily, I would love to. Because I'm one of those people that I really enjoy vampire lore. So Uh I have so many pages of research that was basically just like writing down what I already knew. (laughs) It's not good. No, just pulling it out of your head. Yeah. Um, But like, okay, so let's start uh, at the beginning of where the first like accounts of like uh, vampires come from. And Uh we actually see it. In, um, actually in Eastern cultures. So, like, the first, like, accounts are found in places like, uh, China and Uh Southeast Asia. So, uh, the kind of premise of these, uh, vampires are that they are ancestors who have died and... They were not properly taken care of at their funerals, so they are haunting their descendants. Um, Mm. And and as opposed to what we think of now as, like, biting and consuming of blood, they would touch uh, someone and drain them of their blood or, like, their life essence. Um, And then then moving from China, moving uh, westward, you see um, one example that I guess is like not a, you would think classically or like traditionally is a vampire, but is the goddess Kali or Kaili, uh, which Kali. is a Hindu goddess. She's the goddess of death and destruction uh-huh. and she has black skin and she has fangs and she drinks blood of uh-huh. her sacrifices and she hangs out in graveyards. She is, um, so she could, even though we don't think of her as a vampire per se, like she could definitely be seen that way as like an early example. Um, in Hebrew folklore, you see Lilith, who was, um, Adam's first wife. Uh, she consummates with demons and animals and she has like demon babies and drinks blood. So there's this common undertone of to be a, to be vampiric is to be uh, a consumer of blood. Right. Yeah. So now you also have to have some sort of aspect of like undeadness. Yeah. Person. For sure. It's two, there's two like common traits, which is, uh, Dying and being risen from the grave, so being, like, undead and consuming blood as a way to sustain 
that life force. Okay. Um, yeah. So when I introduced myself, I was talking about being the the Countess of the Blood Countess of Hungary. So when you shoot forward to the 1600s, 1604, um, Elizabeth, and I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce this because it is Hungarian, but it's Batory uh-huh. or Battery. It's B A T O R I E. Okay. Um, so I've always said Batory. Sure. She she's the original. Um, there's we we think of like Vlad the Impaler, who is like where the uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula originates from, and we'll talk about him a little bit later. But mm-hmm. Elizabeth was she's called the Blood Countess because she's where that idea of uh, blood as a gateway to eternal youth comes from. So right. she mm. is thought to have killed uh, over six hundred virgins. Just oodles um, of people. Yeah. Mainly women. Yeah. Some men, but mainly women. Um, because she believed that bathing in the blood of virgins and drinking the blood of virgins kept her youthful. Okay. Um, so in her... So let's go ahead and point out that she was um, aristocracy. <laughs> she could get yeah. away with okay. it, so is what literally, we're literally, So literally, literally. So what she don't did... Don't try it at home, guys. <laughs> unless you're really rich. <laughs> exactly. And then you can do whatever you want. <laughs> um, but what she that. what happened is her her husband um, died and she was left with this castle. So she turned it into what she claimed was like a finishing school. So okay. she would have um, the <laughs> you know the lower class people in her jurisdiction basically yeah. send their daughters to her, and that was like a huge honor. And it was also you think about in sixteen. 16- Oh four, that was a great yeah. deal to be able to go and learn how to be a servant in a castle. That was it's basically like a trade. So you were gaining, you were getting this prestigious honor of being able to work in this castle of this really wealthy like aristocrat. And like the idea too was that like you know you would send your daughter there, she would be cared for, she would be taken care of, she would learn this trade of being a, a maid or like a hand servant. And then go forth did and they, maybe get another job. Did they not notice their children were not coming back? Except that their children <laughs> weren't coming back because she was, like, torturing them and killing them and drinking their blood. So <laughs> when that all changed... As you do. Right. When that all changed was when she ran out of poor people... <laughs> she ate all the poor people. Yeah, she did this for like 10 years. So Jesus for like 10 Christ. years, she went unchallenged until like she, it was she... was over 600 people, so 60 exhausted. people a year. That's like more than one a week. Yeah, Jesus. well, and, and, and numbers differ depending on like sources, but like she, she herself, there's like this journal that supposedly was hers uh-huh. where she actually recorded, you know, supposedly. So that's where the higher number comes from wow. is her own account. Wow. But when she was tried, so sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. She did this for 10 years until she like exhausted the poor people <laughs> in her village, in the town around her and yeah. started sending out for other aristocracies daughters. <laughs> the aristocracy was like, Fuck that. Yeah. yeah. So, right? that's, so that's like when she started saying to other nobles, like, hey, send your daughters here, blah, blah, blah. That's when people were like, nah, dude. <laughs> so that's when the king's attention got called into play. Because remember, like, she's not like royalty. She's just aristocracy. Yeah. But because of her rank, 
Um, she was tried. And there were several people around her who were convicted and tried. One of which was this older woman who, which we've come up in other, like, other of our podcasts. Um, it was, like, an older woman who was thought to be a witch who was the one that, like, convinced her that, like, oh, this will give you eternal life sort of thing. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so she Convenient. was one of her... Yeah, she was one of her servants who was tried and convicted but actually died of, like... When you say, like, natural causes, she probably died of, like, tuberculosis or something like that. Or maybe, magic. like... She died before her sentence could be carried out. She died of magic. She but there were, magic. there were other servants, uh, like, one or two other servants who were tried and hung. But because of her status, uh, Elizabeth was spared being um, publicly tried and convicted and all that stuff. However, she did go... She did not go unpunished, I should say. She was locked in a room inside of her castle until she went crazy. Okay, cool. So she was in solitary confinement, essentially, for years until she died of craziness. Wow. Okay. So this... So I... So sorry, I know I've been talking for a long time, but this is important because it's thought that... While Vlad the Impaler is where we get the name and kind of somewhat of the idea behind Dracula, it's Elizabeth that gives us this lore of uh, blood as being the sustenance for eternal youth and and also the idea of the vampire's attraction to young female, Hmm. like pure virgin females. So she gives us a, a huge chunk of the lore, whereas Vlad gives us the name and... And, terrifying uh, dude. Yeah. Kind of the, the outward appearance, too. Like the uh, the suave, yeah. kind of rich aristocracy of, like, whatever you think of a vampire, you think of, like, someone who just kind of walks into a room and everyone's enraptured with them because of their high breeding, perhaps. Right, but yeah. That comes probably from Vlad as well, and probably a little bit from Elizabeth, too. She was of high birth. Yeah. Well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So when we think of when we think of vampires now, a huge part of that does come from Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. Which is um, historically based on Vlad uh, Draculia, who was uh, born in 1431. Um, and his whole thing was, we know he was a real person. Today, um, he is considered to be a folk hero. Yeah. Because what he did is he um, preserved Christianity against the Turks. So the the Turks were in, invading Christian countries, and he was part of the like defense against that. So interestingly so, enough, um, just to butt in here, Dracul is like it's a nickname. That's not really his name. So yeah. it, it's like the dragon. That's what it means. It means the dragon, and the reason that they called him that. Was because he was killing the Turk. Well, yeah, no, you think, of, I mean, like, you think of, like, Arthur Pendragon, you know, and it's like, that that idea that you're, like, this great warrior that, and that you are fighting on the side of righteousness and being a force right. of good. Specifically for this, I was just looking it up. Um, the Order of the Dragon is given by the Ottoman Empire to people who are uh, of use to them. So that is the Turks. And mm-hmm. he was, as a child, given to the Turks as a foster child slash hostage by his father. Interesting. For he, was, he was like a royal a royal hostage, which is a yeah. common thing yes. to uphold alliances. Right. And so he made friends with 
um, the future emperor, whatever. Obviously, I didn't last when it was like they started fighting each other for reals. But he had the order of the dragon. Yeah, that's interesting. So when he came back, uh, his his own people called him the dragon because the dragon. of the order of the dragon. Yeah, I don't know if it's because of that. Um, well, I thought it was. That is my maybe. theory. <laughs> So with Vlad, there's actually no historical evidence that he actually ever drank blood or, like, cannibalized right. his victims, but he was known for a bloodlust. He was extremely brutal, yeah. Brutal yeah. and violent, and he did it for multiple reasons, and part of it, I think, Emily, is because of what you were saying, is having lived among um, Muslims as a child and learning their culture, he knew exactly, like, kind of what to do. Oh. So, so... So Vlad is known as being the impaler because he would impale his victims, his like the yeah. enemy's armies. Um, and part of the reason he did this was because Muslims uh, funeral rites are extremely important to Muslims, and being able to like take care of the dead and to you know and and to bury them properly is a huge thing. So for someone to come and impale like a Muslim soldier and leave their body to yeah. decompose in the elements is a huge morale killer, right? Yeah. And it's also psychological warfare because who wants to fight somebody who's going to desecrate them in such a way? And it's a very slow death. It's very painful. And it completely like is, um, disregarding their beliefs about like how to care for the dead. So he knew what he was doing and (laughs) he was very effective. So even though there's no accounts of him, drinking blood or eating blood there are stories of him eating dinner while his victims were being executed so this yeah. like literal bloodlust and being hungry for blood um is very um in line and again kind of like meshing this really visceral bloodlusty character with elizabeth who literally she she was the one literally drinking blood mm-hmm. right so the combination just, of the two kind of gave birth to bram stoker's version of dracula well just fyi um also uh vlad was the prince of a romanian province known as wallachia or wallachia mm, and yeah. uh that is what hungarians consider today to be part of hungary hungary sorry hungary hungary um so a lot of hungarians people who identify as hungarians live in romania and that is where they live yeah and And, and that's what i was saying about like in those areas he's considered a folk hero Mm -hmm. like there are statues of him and and people definitely in the like when you look um in those places like the the people who are from there consider the bram stoker dracula to be like oh that's that's a thing made up by foreigners for other foreigners. Like, that's yeah. not real. That's not history. That's not what we believe. So that's a very interesting thought, I think, because yeah. it just goes to show you. It's all about perspective, right? It's all about, like, yeah. you know, sure. one, um, one man's impaler is another man's hero. Fuck <laughs> hero. Right. Right. Um, Matt, you were talking about a different kind of vampire uh, a second ago. Yeah. So um, before we talk, started po- the podcast, uh, I, I was mentioning that uh, not only uh, did Bram Stoker's Dracula draw inspiration from these two real-life noble figures who uh, had certain bloodlusts and uh, like tastes for blood, which, by the way, is toxic if you eat it, so don't really? do that. Really? Oh, there's... Yeah, there's yeah. too much iron. Yeah, you'll Your body doesn't know how to do, deal with it. But okay. uh, not only did, did uh, the, the idea of our modern vampire from Bram Stoker's Dracula come from those two figures, but it also came from generally um, the concept of a vampire or other, and several other different um, supernatural creatures in folklore that have been okay. existing for, for hundreds of years. Like Lauren talked about earlier, uh, 
from uh, Asia and... Uh, China, yeah, China and Southeast Asia. Yeah, but also in, in um, uh, Anglo-Saxon folklore as well. There, mm-hmm. There's um, a concept of a vampire, which is much different than what we think of it as today. Uh, like, the original kind of concept of the folklore vampire is, like, closer to a zombie than it is an actual vampire. Mm-hmm. They're not... They're not, like, sentient, really. They're bloated, and they have black skin, and they're kind of disgusting. And that concept came from uh, a basic misunderstanding of how the human body decomposes after death. Yeah, which is called putrefaction, is when your body breaks down after death. So what would happen is uh, someone would die, maybe someone who was unpopular in a city or a village, and then something bad would happen. For instance, cattle would would die or go missing, and they would say, oh, it's got to be... The dead man who just died coming back to life. And, <laughs> Fucking Carl. Carl. Fucking died. Carl. Carl. He ran off our, our cattle, and so we're going to dig him up and make him pay for it. And so they would dig <laughs> up Carl, and they would look at his body and be like, whoa, it's black and bloated and disgusting. And it's got blood around the mouth because it's bloated and all the internal organs are like liquefying oh. and coming out of all the orifices. So that's like actually what's happening, but they were like, oh... He just fed on a cow. Exactly. He just ate something. That's why the blood is in his mouth. (laughs) And he's in hibernation now. Yeah. And so this concept turned into the concept that they they drink blood and that they rise at night only. Yeah. Because whenever they would go, they would do it during the day. They'd dig up Carl during the day and they would see him and he'd be like... Damn Carl. Hibernating, right? Yeah. So that was like one of the things. But there's a a couple... What culture is this? Sorry. uh, Western European. What? Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Romania and... uh, you know, even Greece and some other places like that. They have they have got concepts for vampires of this sort. And these things were like, you know, so like what Matt was saying is like, yeah, so like something bad would happen in the village, but also like a lot of diseases, like before we had modern science, a, a lot of diseases. So like, like the Black Plague was thought to be mm-hmm. like caused by vampires. Oh, wow. Like tuberculosis, cholera. Like these are diseases that we know and understand now, but back in the day, people were just dying and they're like, mm, vampire. Well, yeah, like basically <laughs> anything bad that happened, they'd be like, oh, it's an evil spirit. It must be Carl. And then it they must were like, be Carl. You know, they made up different types of spirits for different things. And That's interesting in light of our conversation last time about magical systems. Yeah. And like how everything was blamed on witchcraft. You know, if, if I have to be honest. That, this system is a very poor one for vampires. They're just like, bad <laughs> stuff happened. It must be magic. It must be magic. Like, it's not coherent. It doesn't, like, make the reader believe, you know? like That's funny. Okay. It, it causes no, like, ability to predict anything. It's just like, bad stuff must be whatever. Vampires. Yeah, vampires. Vampires. And vampires, demons. The witches yeah. did it. So it kind of, I mean, it, and it but all plays into though. itself, right? Because, like, back in the day, we didn't have science, and so everything was very religiously pushed. Mm-hmm. And so when you go back to that idea of that, like, oh, like, Lilith and these demonic presences being vampiric, and so it's like, you know, so people wouldn't be like, oh, it's Lilith. It would be like, oh, a demon, and, like, a subcategory of demon was vampire, right? Mm-hmm. So you'd yeah. be like, oh, I see what you're, the problem you have here. Vampires. Because there was also, a monk that wrote, as, like, as late as the 1700s, I can't remember exactly, and I think it was um, 1746, there was a book written by a Roman Catholic monk about how to identify 
uh, a vampire in your village. So, <laughs> like, I wish we had it because then we could like make a little checklist for everybody. yeah. So, like, so this book cites things like, oh, if you dig up a corpse and the hair and the nails have grown. Like, the if there's the blood nails? around the mouth or the stomach oh. is bloated, you have a vampire. Well, what happens <laughs> is when you die, we're mostly composed of water. So that water evaporates and it shrinks your skin. And that's what makes it appear like your nails have grown. But it's because your skin is receded from oh. the nail bed. Mm-hmm. It looks like your hair might grow because the hair is, like, releasing. It's, like, you know, releasing the follicle or whatever. But this monk wrote this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not that long ago. Okay, I mean, seventeen forty-six is almost eighteen hundreds, <laughs> which is basically the nineteen hundreds, I mean, and we're only living in the two thousands now. No, so that was that was a stretch. That was a stretch. <laughs> we're leaving we're leaving forward a little bit. Human, but but okay, before so, trains. But in terms of human history, not that long ago. How about I mean, that? yeah, Fair that's enough. true. For but someone, I mean, and in 1746, we're also making medical advances. Like For the 1746, first time, though. Yeah. Like, not like, this so, is a monk who's like, Oh, sure, but I'm saying, like, we're, we're starting to understand medicine. We're starting to, like, sort of get there. And this guy's yeah. like, but still, they'll be on the look for vampires. <laughs> Here's a pamphlet. I, mean, I got some shit you should read. Here's a pamphlet. I mean, true, <laughs> but like when you when science is not so proven yet, and you're just like, well, it could be this like, like germ thing, or it could also be vampires. So like, be sure you know about both. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's like, that a seems good just hedge reasonable of all your bets. Like, yeah, I know exactly. a little bit about vampires, and I know about germs, and like, a if bit. either one of those things come for me, then I'm I'm set. <laughs> so I wanted to keep going actually on some of the other. Before yeah. uh, some of the other types of ancient folkloric monsters that uh, could have inspired the the vampire lore, um, okay. another one is called a revenant. And so the, the original yeah. vampire, the one I just talked about, the folklore vampire, uh, was yeah. said to rise from the dead mm-hmm. and eat the flesh of people, sometimes the blood, but definitely cause bad shit no matter what happened. Yeah. Um, the revenant uh, specifically is a. Did you have to fight off a bear? Yeah, right? Well, after I read about this, I was like, oh, that makes sense, because he comes back from the dead, basically. Yeah. You know? Spoiler! No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he fucks it's a bear. It's been a while. <laughs> you haven't watched it. I feel like the statue of limitations. Yeah, right? <laughs> but it's basically just like a, an animated corpse that, like, wanders around and, like, uh, is, like, a little bit more strong than, than a regular person. Oh. And, like, it's but basically it's... what we would think of as a zombie today. Yeah. But okay, that's what I was gonna say. Just doesn't really have an agenda. Is more like basic instincts. Sort yeah, of thing. it like, doesn't I have an agenda, eat, and this is what I eat. So, but from here, I found about out about the Norse. Uh, I'm gonna butcher this, but it's Draugr, D R A U G R. Yeah. And okay. These were sentient zombies, basically sentient undead creatures who would eat the flesh and the blood of the living. And we're okay. said to have, like, magical powers of all types. The so, flesh and the blood. Yeah, yeah. And that was, like, what they did. Like, they didn't, like, do it as a matter of, like, it, while going about doing other things. They specifically ate people. Okay. Oh, so this is actually cool. Can I read this? Can I, can I do my own Can thing? I read it? <laughs> all right, Lauren, go ahead. <laughs> no, I get it. Go ahead. One of you no, well, it. you found something cool. Go on. Well, I just really like the idea. It says that, like, although the dead might live again, they could also die again. Mm-hmm. So that oh, idea of there's a way to fight them. Yeah, so, um, exactly. Yeah, these were still, like, killable vampires. Well, draugers or whatever. 
But like they were were said to be super strong. They had superhuman strength. They they only came out um, at night by choice. But they lived basically in their crypts where they were buried, and they were reanimated corpses. But they had super magical powers, like they could walk through walls, they could swim through physical matter, they could grow their size or shrink themselves however they oh. wanted, and, and and they could transform into different an, uh, animals. So that's very close to the Dracula. What the fuck? Right, exactly, because he that's was a shape he's a yeah. shifter. Although I mean, he could turn into mist. So like. The idea that vampires have to be invited into a place, but he could turn himself into mist to like go through, right. like go through walls. But I guess my point is that like, this is like much closer to what we think of as like a common yeah. vampire today. He has dominion over creatures of the night, and he's so, he's super strong, and he's yeah. like a sentient. What I'm hearing, these ones. What I'm hearing is that zo- uh, vampires are like zombies with an agenda. Like they just kinda. have shit to yeah. do. <laughs> and possibly they have, you know, powers over the uh, creatures of the night and, and can change into mist. And um... So one of the things about these guys, though, is that they were still black. They, their bodies were completely black and dark and, like, deformed, disgusting. So like, you could easily tell if one was around because he'd be like, that guy looks unhealthy. <laughs> you know? Like, okay, hey, so that guy looks like, like he's getting some skin slip. <laughs> yeah, so between uh, hiding uh, Vlad the Impaler and uh, this, the Elizabeth woman, uh, whose name I forget already, Lauren. That's Elizabeth, you were right. Elizabeth whom? Batori. Uh, Elizabeth Batori and these Draugr creatures, I think it's pretty... We can, we can kind of see where Bram Stoker was going with this and be like, he probably took both of those concepts and kind of smooshed them together where... It was like the sentient undead versus like these completely brutal flesh eating things. Yeah. And then like kind yeah. of made them into like one yeah. to form our our modern vampire. So I Yeah, cuz do... these are also seem to be susceptible to it says when their bodies decay are burned, dismembered or otherwise destroyed. Mm-hmm. But the very interesting about that is their bodies decay, which is like you said kind of like le- a, a zombie. zombie. Yeah, exactly. So it's like they're actively uh decaying and okay. so uh, uh, at some point they'll hit like a critical decay where they can't do much of anything. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Dracula focuses on and maybe this is where Elizabeth pops in a little bit, right? Because who wants to make out with a like, like a black bloated corpse. A black bloated corpse. Yeah. You have that idea of like, oh, eternal youth. Exactly. So the blood yeah. gives you that like, or or maybe not eternal, I mean just eternity. Like, because Dracula was not like an old man, but he's no, also he was a not like guy, a guy though. Yeah. Yeah. But he was definitely like, yeah, like the, so it's the a mixture of like shifter. So he had an concepts. older self and a younger yeah. self. Um, I found it interesting. One of the the things I read was that uh, one of the ways that they made sure people didn't come back as vampires is like if you were suspected to be like evil during your life, uh-huh. and you got buried, you died, and you got buried, they would stake you, but not <laughs> because like they thought you were a vampire because that makes that makes sense to us now because that's how you kill a vampire. Right. But they would stake you. Basically, just to keep you from getting up and walking away. Oh, just they to like nail so you the to dead, yeah. so a dead per yeah, it would be the corpse. <laughs> yeah, would be wow, wow, wow. Okay. Yeah, and so that's where that that concept came from. It was like we would they'll stake you to your your coffin or to the ground, so that if you tried to get up, you'd be like stuck. Damn. All and right. So, you, so even if you were undead, you couldn't like do much. <laughs> like it wasn't really like the wor- they weren't really worried about like the supernaturalness of it. They were just worried like. 
if you came into town. That's you right. Can be, you can be a creepy asshole <laughs> all just you want do to. do it over just, there. Just stay just, in your coffin. Yeah. Stay, in, stay inside. Stay in. Which is Keep for right. Be an indoor kid. But there's like, like a lot me. of uh, corpses they found in like Romania and other places where they have like metal and wooden stri- stakes stuck through different parts of the body to keep them... <laughs> I also want to point out really quickly that like there are photographs of like graves that have cages over them and I just want to clarify that that is not actually for vampires that is a deterrent for grave robbers grave robbers Hmm. so if you see something if you see a picture and it's like oh yeah like people are so afraid of vampires they put cages over graves that's not actually where that comes from that is specifically in Scotland they used to do that a lot uh, during the Victorian era because people would snatch bodies for medical students and sell them good old old Birkin hair black (laughs) market what's um, broken hair body in that body grave robbers body snatchers famous ones yes yeah they are that's another podcast but they are google okay. it <laughs> um so yeah so touching touching on all of that i think um it's it's fair to say that bram stoker is where we see a turning point from this scary vampire because remember people people do things not because they're crazy, but because yeah. they believe they're real. So people believed in vampires, and it was a very terrifying concept to think that you have a vampire yeah. haunting your village or that one of your um, ancestors might have been a vampire haunting you um, and cursing and you. Before um, we so move on, with, um, yeah. I do want to talk about uh, anthropologically what these stories meant, the old stories, because I think it it changes. Yeah, because um, I think these old stories are all about like stranger danger and like keeping you in line. And like, so for instance, like if you have sex with someone outside of wedlock, that person could turn out to be a vampire. <laughs> and like, so like, there's. I mean, that happens thing. all the time. That's truth. It happens That's... all the time. You know, happens to the best of us. Um, and then, like, if you're walking around at night, you could be attacked by a vampire. Like. All of these things are meant to keep you... They're kind of like social controls. Like, um, mm. you know, stranger... If it's a stranger, you don't know if they're a vampire or not. Like, <laughs> you sure. don't know. So... Um, right, and that, that too is like, we don't know what's happening. So, like, we look at this body. We have this physical evidence, which is a dead body. But we don't know what's going on with it. So, it's a vampire. You know, hide your kids, hide your wife. <laughs> hide your, your husbands, too. Sort of thing. Like... Uh, <laughs> Like, you know, it's like like taking something, like, yeah, like, you don't understand how bodies decompose, so you're going to take this and use this as part of your control. Yeah. And then that's and, extremely common in, back in those days, too. Yeah. But Emily, right. go on with what you're saying. I was just going to compare that to our conversation on zombies, because zombies we were talking about has, like, this subversive element to it, in that, like, they are all of your expectations subverted, but in this hmm. case, they are all of your expectations confirmed. That's really interesting. Yeah, I just thought that was a very interesting aspect of it. Because they're so similar, and, like, it's just hard to pinpoint where it changes, you know? Well, and that's what I was saying with um, with Bram, is we see... I think that's kind of where we see that changes, because what I was saying before is we see this really scary, intense thing become this very sexy thing. So yeah, I it's, I, it's, it's Bram Stoker's Dracula is considered by some to be Victorian porn. Yeah, <laughs> hmm. interesting. It's a gothic romance. It's yeah, a, you know, 
Except it, it's it's not. I mean, it's. I think it's a gothic novel, but I, the romance is between uh, Mina Harker and her husband. And well, not but you have the kinda. you have the seduction. Yeah, like Dracula's seduction like of Mina. Straight kind of like because she gives in at some point, doesn't she? Just yeah. Right, like, but yeah, then so like, but then Van Helsing and her husband murder him, and it's like the scene is a good thing, like. Okay. It's, well, but I mean, that's it's not a yay Dracula thing. They had to still thing. like uphold the Victorian <laughs> points of view about marriage. Yeah, but you see it as this like, yeah. I mean, Yo, but like Mina got that double D, that Dracula dick. You know, <laughs> like she got what she wanted. <laughs> is my point. Are we calling it double D now? Okay, okay, yeah, cool, cool. cool. We so can cool. do that. <laughs> so cool. I'm glad. Like this it happened. was. The, the women reading that book were like, we know what's up. You know, you, <laughs> yeah. you he girl, had, he go had girl. Three, he got had three wives. Double D. <laughs> got that double D. <laughs> um, yeah, so I I think that uh, Dracula is an interesting book, because I don't know if you guys have ever read it, but it's most of it's just letters back and forth and, like, yeah. diaries. But it's letters from Mina Harker to Lucy, who's, like, clearly getting seduced as the book goes on. Yeah, she's a, yeah, she's also getting some. And then um, from Mina Harker to her husband, and then from her husband to um, Van Helsing, who, when he's like, my wife is being stalked by a vampire. So <laughs> I've got I, uh, two things yeah. I want to ask real quick. Or The first one is that uh, we, we talked a lot about Van, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. Uh, but I think we would be uh, remiss to not mention the 1819 uh, publication of The Vampire by John Polidori. Okay. Um, and the only reason I want to bring that up is that it was predates Bram Stoker, but also because it's significant on the Wikipedia page for vampires. So yeah. if our readers go, if our listeners go to the the Wikipedia page, they'll be like, <laughs> "Oh, these guys don't know what they're talking about." We did read it. We know what that's about. We just We've didn't never look read at that Wikipedia because we yeah. have real sources. Exactly. Yeah. We've read. We, we totally haven't read that book, so we can't talk about it quite as much. Well, but I, right. I encourage I can everyone a, to do so. I can talk a little bit about it. it because it became a very popular play, and it, that oh. vampire was supposed to be um, based off of Lord Byron, who, yeah. by the oh. way, was in the building when Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein. So they're all connected. Wasn't she like he was like BF, oh, he was BFFs with her husband? That's true. Right, and, and he, he they had like her, right to write a book. Yeah, yeah. yeah and exactly. she was like, okay, I will. I will fucking yeah. write a book, and it'll be amazing, and it'll be all about, like, not, science versus nature. Not only will nature. I write a book, but I'll start a genre. How about that? How about yeah. that? How about that, uh, that Byron? Anyway. But then I'm pretty sure, like, her husband and, and, and Byron's best friend, he, like, he died on a boat. Like, he disappeared. <laughs> He's not <laughs> sure what that has to do with anything, but the way you said it was, like... <laughs> He disappeared. Was it vampires? Was, was it, it Frankenstein's? We don't know. He was on a boat one day and disappeared. Fun story, though. Ser- serious segue. Is it an he actual saw, fun story? He, well, not for him. He saw his doppelganger. He's, he claims... There, there's like... What? He, he claimed to have seen himself. And then... Which was like a really bad omen. Like, if you see your, do- if you see well, your he doppelganger... he died on a boat, so yeah. He died. Worked out. Five okay. years later... <laughs> Five years later, uh, he died. Five, I saw myself, and I'm going to die. Yeah. So, I did, it's like the rest of us. Let's get back to the narrative about this. Yeah, like right. The okay. literature aspect of this. Mary Shelley, husband trivia. He died on a boat fancy, after seeing his uh, doppelganger. Really interesting that... Um, also, she carried around all, his heart for years in a, in a, oh in a, in a 
purse. We can she... just turn this. We can talk about Mary Shelley all night if you guys want. <laughs> I think no, we'll cool. do an episode about Mary Shelley. They'll just be us saying random shit about Lord Byron and her husband, and then also her and her book. Wait for okay. the patriarchy to take it over. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, we're going back to so Bram Stoker wrote this book, um, and it was very, very popular. It still is really popular. And it's been redone in so many different ways that um, you can find, you know, bazillion different TV show or you know movies, TV shows, whatever's. But um, yeah, I wanted to also talk about Dark Shadows, which was a TV show from 1966 yes. to 1971. I Wait, before we get too far into that, uh, yeah. I do want to ask one question because I've actually never read Dracula. Okay, um, you said that she was sending letters. Uh, Mina Harker was sending letters to Lucy, her friend. Right. Uh-huh. And her friend was also getting uh, seduced by someone. Yes. Dracula. So what happens but is that... Also by Dracula. Lucy is at a at a, at a, at a a castle. That's a thing. That's the word is. She's at a castle, and she's like, uh, come visit me. This is awesome. And Mina Harker's like, nah. And then Lucy <laughs> keeps on writing letters, and like, finally Mina Harker does come. And she's, at that point, Lucy's basically, like, under his influence. And so she goes out in the night and, like, uh, Mina Harker finds her strangled or uh, drained of blood the next morning. And uh, it, you find out that he was actually after Mina the whole time and was kind of using Lucy to get her there. Okay. Yeah, and so it was Dracula's telling, like... Dracula telling Lucy to tell Mina. I see. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was might have been like a, a like a kind of a mirror like you were talking about Emily earlier about like the uh like you could be cheating on your husband and it could be fine like Lucy, or you could be cheating on your husband and get killed by Dracula. Yeah, like Mina yeah. Harker. I mean yeah. that is kind of it. That's that's I it's a, definitely like a morality tale. It's not a good thing that what Lucy did because she died. And right. Mina yeah. Harker is only saved because her husband saves her in time. Or Van Helsing, I guess. Her I husband her calls Van Helsing. Mm. In time. D- this are true. <laughs> Thank God for husbands. Says the, the married lady. All right. Yeah. right. So, All right, so anyways, go on, Emily. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, um, Dark Shadows is a TV show from 1966 to 1971. I did not know it existed until that movie was made a couple of years ago with um, Johnny Depp. I know zero things about this TV show. I was hoping that Lauren knew something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, as far as the Dark Shadows goes, this is... So when when I said earlier about, like, Bram Stoker made Vampire Sexy, Dark Shadows is the first time you kind of see what has become a... uh, is a trope of the troubled vampire, which is a vampire who feels remorse. Okay. Um, who has that lingering sense of humanity and that lingering sense of like, uh, like this, this is what I am. And what I am is like detrimental to human beings. And I was human, but now I'm not. And I don't know what I am. Um, okay. did that so, come before, uh, Anne Rice, or... Anne Rice, yeah. So, uh, that movie, so. yeah, so Interview with the Vampire, I think was written, I mean, it was written in the 90s, I'm not sure, okay. I could probably look I it up really quick. I'll look it up. Yeah, look, look it up, but yeah, so this, the, the Troubled Vampire, I, I'm not going to, in any way, shape, or form, say that 
Anne Rice was influenced by Dark Shadows, but Dark Shadows is where you see that troubled vampire trope come into play. But it's, but Interview with Vampires is a very direct example of yeah. that, where you have and and think about like Angel from Buffy the oh, Vampire yeah, Slayer. Uh, what's the other one's name? Spike. Uh, Spike. Yeah. Yeah. Same deal. So um, yeah. So this this idea of like Louis from Interview with a Vampire is like this. He's more iconic, right? Like. More people probably know about Interview with the Vampire than they do Dark Shadows, the yeah. TV show. But, like, Louis is a great example of that. Like, his whole thing is is wrestling. His his constant arc through the story is him wrestling with this idea of, like, um, kind of his, like, reverence for human life and then the periods where he's irreverent, right? Mm-hmm. So that kind of going back and forth and feeling that torture of... I'm not human, but am I shunned by God? I don't know. Like So, anyways. Interview with a Vampire was first published in 1976. So, uh, right so maybe before. it's, like, contemporaneous. Yeah. I mean, it, it's well, published after uh, Dark Shadows ended, so maybe it's just a con- kind of a continuation mm. yeah. um, of it. And it's, and it's still, too, that romantic... It's, you know, so, like... I don't know if Dark... I assume Dark Shadows was kind of a comedy... I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I really um, don't know. I've never seen the TV show. I did see the movie, and I knew the movie was a comedy, but I don't know if that was just because fucking Johnny Depp was in it. Yeah. But, <laughs> but Anne Bryce definitely continues that idea. So you, you, she has the troubled vampire, but it's still very romantic. It's still very sexy. You're very drawn to it, and you think, like, oh, this is, like, a really beautiful life. Once well, I think it's... Kind of that glamorous. I was just going to point out that um, Anne Rice is still writing these books, um, and her most recent one <laughs> is uh, a Lestat, which is her, you know, main vampire dude. He's uh, in Atlantis and and going Atlantis? into space with aliens. In- Outer um, space. Wow, alien vampires, huh? Can't aliens. wait to read that. Aliens. <laughs> we talk all about me. it. On my other podcast, basically what she was going to say, what she's trying to do is bring more, yes, yes, Um, (laughs) make make it more scientific. And I was like, that's interesting, vampires with a more scientific bend, but like, you're not the person to do that. I feel like you already have your thing. You moved it forward a step, let someone else move it forward a step. Yeah, (laughs) so. um, Um, So, I wanted to talk quickly about how we got from like. Vampires that were, like, these disgusting creatures. Very scary. To, yeah. like... Then they went to, like, the, the aristocracy. They had money and class somehow. Very sexy and attractive. Very sexy. And then that kind of just naturally transitioned into, like, having powers of bewitching. Mm-hmm. Like, their their money and class kind of fell away. It doesn't matter if they have it or not. They're still, in popular lore nowadays, they have, like, this, like, enchanting, bewitching yes. quality. Yes. And even in Interview with the Vampire, um, and I'm I'm referencing the film uh, in this particular moment where there's um, in the film there's a moment where Lestat looks at Louis and he's like, "Read her thoughts." Yeah, exactly. You know, and he's like, "Oh, everyone gets a dark gift." Some, you know, but you know, it's like some people can read their thoughts and they use that to manipulate their victims. Mm-hmm. So it's it's I think it's interesting how like wealth essentially has turned into a superpower yet again (laughs) you know we got Bruce Wayne we've got Iron Man we've got the Black Panther and also now we have all this vampires Vampires. that ever were 
who suddenly their wealth and aristocracy and their high breeding, the things they could afford, have Trump. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have suddenly turned into oh, sorry guys, oh. like a superpower of bewitching and like beguiling. Yeah, absolutely. And it's and it's totally. I mean, like in a lot of the stories, it's totally necessary for their survival. Absolutely. Like they, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Right? yeah, like they have to be able to do it, but it's also like. Like oh, I live in this mansion with a shit ton of shit, and it's like how, how, why? Well, I, I think part of it is their longevity. I think that's yeah. what uh, a lot of it is. Like they make investments and they just accumulate wealth. Well, it makes over sense, a right? Long amount of time, yeah. That they, even if they fail, they have a lot of time to figure it out. <laughs> Sorry, I am. Well, and so uh, another one I want to bring up is what we do in the shadows. Speaking yes. of vampire comedies, that movie. Oh, is... I don't even know what that is. Oh, oh my god, man, it's Emily. so good. I've so never it's the guys heard of that. from uh, Okay, wait. It's the guys from uh Well, it's it's Jermaine Clement who's from, from from Flight of the Concords. And he it's a and, vampire movie. And it's a it's like a mockumentary. Oh, cool. That sounds about awesome. vampires who live in Wellington on New Zealand. Oh uh, yeah. Go on. <laughs> and it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, before I'm, I want to talk about like this, look because... I, I stole his thunder. I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to talk about this, but before we get into that, I really do want to mention in 1991 there was a uh, tabletop role playing game that became very, very popular called Vampires the Masquerade. The Masquerade, yes. yes. It got so popular, and I think that is part of the reason why vampires are so popular today because it had this like huge birth of like. Um, just a renaissance, I guess you could say, in the 90s. And then those kids who grew up doing that are started writing shit in the 2000s. <laughs> and that's well, where we get so, Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so, there you go. Yeah, talking about Vampire's Masquerade, there's this guy named Rod Farrell. And in 1996, so he was a huge player of this game to the point where he believed that he was an actual vampire. Yeah. So he believed that, like, it wasn't a game, like, he was a vampire um, who was, like, leading these humans or whatever. And then he murdered two people and drank yeah. their blood. Like, yeah. he murdered his girlfriend, who was 15, um, her parents with, like, a crowbar. Holy like, shit. brutally <laughs> murdered them and drank their blood and is like, that Murder isn't sexy. Yeah. 15-year-old you- girls... Did you whistle Not for a fifteen-year-old girl, <laughs> you old man? <laughs> what That's is like your problem? <laughs> yeah, so he 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 did that, and then has been like, like he's not around anymore. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he is. I don't. I think he's still alive, but he's like he wasn't a, the only one who did crazy shit because yeah, of that. it was um, insane. There, I mean, there like probably, the level of belief. Huh. That yeah, was uh, yeah. so. There were like a lot of like. Of crimes committed based on Vampire the Masquerade. Yeah, and there's also like I mean I wouldn't characterize it as a lot, but there was more than like say Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> like okay. yeah, there's but also like, still, an, like there's an amount. undercover. It's a significant amount of crime based on board games. Throw that out there real quick. <laughs> but if also we're doing 1996, Susan Walsh was an investigative reporter who went missing. And she was investigating, like, the underground vampire She scene. was. That's right. I remember. Yeah. And she's never heard from again. So it's yeah. assumed that she... She got eaten. Yeah. Like, either she found him and became a vampire, or she got eaten, or who knows. Maybe the joke's on us. Maybe she's going to live forever. 
Right. <laughs> and, like, that is the setting for the then the first, you know, uh, interview with the vampire the vampires, right, which is yeah. hugely influential. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but yeah. we forgot to mention how influential that movie, that book and movie were. Yeah. Yeah. So influential. Anyways. Um, but, yeah, for, so, so you were talking about the, I love, like, movies that take place in New Zealand or Australia because they're so just So this is called What We Do in the Shadows, uh-huh. and it's about this group of vampires who basically are roommates and they live together <laughs> because it's hard to be a vampire in it's a modern society. There. And they're all, uh, they're just funny. They all have like their weird uh, own quirks. Like some of them are really young, like 300 years, and some of them are like thousands of years old. Like, uh-huh. I forgot his name. What's, um, there's, there's like, so there's like this Nosferatu looking character who's like, you know, a thousand some years old and like, he's like sired a bunch of other vampires. Yeah, he like sired the whole house essentially. So he's the, yeah, so he's the one that looks like Nosferatu and then, right, like Matt the was saying. The others are more have, like arist- aristocracy kind yeah, of. Yeah, you have one that's kind of like the Vlad kind of vampire and then you have one that's kind of like he was a he, he was a dandy in the 1700s <laughs> yeah so, so he's, he's like really he's, cute and very particular that's but so it's, funny. it's funny about it's about like how they kind of like go through their day and like it's like a, a mockumentary about these vampires and it's super duper funny oh, they start man. making friends with like humans <laughs> and like going out and like actually like interacting with the world and like not hiding as much anymore and like it gets weird. Like they take a human to like. Well, and they and they go and they go out and they talk about how they ha- there's like a you know a vampire scene or whatever. Yeah, there's like so an there's undead a, scene. Yeah, so there's like there's a scene where they're like, which is really it's like really cute because they're all trying to get ready to go out like on the town for a night and yeah. they're talking about like oh we can't see ourselves in the mirror so they're all like drawing like these really bad pictures. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Of the outfits they're wearing to help them all get dressed. They're, you know, so like one of them will put on a thing and they'll like draw like this really like ugly, bad drawing of it and be like, this is what you look like. And that's kind of how they pick their outfits. But then they go out to the bars. And so they're like, so the joke is, is that they go out to the bars and the bouncer will like open the door but won't actually invite them in. (laughs) That's right. So they they have to like, they have to like get him to say like, can we come in please? Can we come in? Like, come on man, can you invite us in? And Master just like stares at them and like with the door open. Yeah. (laughs) And they're like, fuck it, let's go to a different bar. That's (laughs) so funny. Oh my God. And there's werewolves too. So they have this like blood feud with werewolves. We're werewolves, not swearwolves. Yeah. (laughs) So like, so the werewolves are, the werewolves have this almost like 12 step program vibe about them where they're like, <laughs> you know, like, hey they're man, we're all here together. People, yeah. Like, yeah, like, it's, it's really, it's, it's a really great, great movie. I, I have um, to see it. That sounds really yeah. funny. But there's also a lot of gore and like a lot of eat people being eaten and like, there's like some supernatural fights where like, there's a one scene right in the beginning where they, Two of the vampires get like a, an argument and they get over heated. the dishes. Over the dishes. Yeah, they and get to they... an argument about not, like, one of them isn't doing the dishes. And so they start like, they like start levitating off the ground and getting really like <laughs> angry and like flying around the room. They're and like, then, like kissing at each other, and then they just kind of settle back down in their chairs and like, all right, I'll do the dishes. That's <laughs> so yeah. funny. It's, oh it's, it's really good. So like that's really funny, and it's also picking up. I think they did it in a really great way because with taking those different kind of generations, if you will, absolutely. Yeah. So you yeah. see those different tropes. You yeah, see those sounds... different things, those like different lores, like come together and are expressed in these different characters. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's actually a really valuable thing about the movie. Is yeah, like you explained it perfectly. So there's another. So now that we're kind of like pushing our way into um, the media, the media, yeah. Like yeah. so, there's so many great 
so many great. I mean, we've talked about a lot of them. Bram Stoker obviously is like yeah. a, you know like a, a great book that is still being read today. We talked about Anne Rice. We talked about you know a couple of movies. One of my recent favorites, which I watched, I've wanted to see for a while, but I watched recently, was called Only Lovers Left Alive. And um, Tom Hiddleston and Tilda Swanson, or, um, or Swanton? Swinton? Swinton? Swin- yeah, something like that. Swinton. I know who you're talking about. Swan song. Swan song. Swan song. But, um, sorry. Uh, That's kind of a... They are, they are vampires, and so it just... It's a very long movie, but it's, like, really beautiful in a way because they are, like, they're both vampires and they're both, like, they're they're married and they're, you know, definitely, like, love each other very much. But, like, at the beginning of the film, um, Tom's character, whose name is Adam, and Tilda's character's name is Eve. Of course. Huh. They're, like, course. in different places, so she's, you know, she's in one place and he's in another, and um, they, she, she calls him and... He's like, oh, the zombies are getting me down. So when they say zombies, they're referring to humans. Oh, uh, but he's like, he's like this amazing musician, and and he. It's so a anyways, lot of time to yeah, he's had a lot of time to learn it, and she's like this. So it's so it's really interesting because as you watch the film, you realize like he the vampires in general because of their immortality. So what they do in the film is you realize that like vampires because of their immortality, what they have done is they pick um, a human. To be basically like their their voice. So, for example, um, like the Adam character is like this amazing musician. He can play any instrument. And he has like all these great ideas. So you learn that he took people like um, Mozart under his wing and was like, hey, this is what you should do. And then Mozart was like, cool. And then became this renowned. Right. You know. And, and, and he was also like Tesla- was also one oh, of his. So um, they can't do it themselves because then they'll be like exposed. interviewed and exposed and right. whatever. And they still and they have the limitations. They have the limitations of not being able to go out during the daytime. Mm-hmm. Right. Of um, having to be invited indoors. Like so, they have those. Awkward. Yeah. Yeah. So they have those limitations. So they take a human being under their wing and you know discuss it. And they also like you see them not killing humans they're like getting their blood from other sources usually like blood banks mm. okay so you see them trying not to kill humans for their main sustenance or whatever yeah but it's like really it's like really interesting because there's a older like much older vampire who you learn is he he was one of shakespeare's contemporaries mm. okay. who, who am i talking about crap christopher marlowe it was one of Shakespeare's contemporaries. Well, it wasn't Christopher Marlowe. Was like his name was like Kit, is what they called him. Okay, but anyway, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on this. But that's okay. Anyways, you you learned that he was the guy that wrote Shakespeare's plays oh, okay, for him. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So like you know, so it's like it's been going on. You know, it's just kind of and it just kind of appears to be this like kind of agreed upon thing that vampires do. That's yeah. interesting. Because, yeah, it's um, really good. I I was reading a different uh another set of stories and their their idea there was that vampires can't create art because they have no souls so like one vampire like he just loved painting but he everything he painted was like soulless copies of whatever was already been painted so like he could you know do van gogh paintings but they're just like exact copies and they look terrible for some reason and it just was like slowly killing him 
because fascinating. Trump didn't have a soul, so he couldn't create art. So this is almost like the opposite. Yeah. 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 That's very That's interesting. That's really, really interesting. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, that juxtaposition. And it was um, in the same series, there's a dance troupe of um, vampires. Their ballet dance troupe. And it's <laughs> they have like a really good show. And someone's like, well, okay, so if vampires can't create art, how can they create this really amazing choreography? And they, you find out later that they've done this show in order to like be a Trojan horse to get into someone else's territory to take over the territory. So like they can create art in, Oh, because they're, they're trying to do these political machinations, but like if they were trying to do it for just art, they couldn't do it. Oh, interesting. So like, it's like as a, as a side effect of doing like a political action or a, right. Like Like some other thing. Right. Right. They can make art, but like not on purpose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's kind of interesting and sad in a way. I mean, as a human being, I feel like bad rooting for them. (laughs) But then I'm also like, that's sad. Poor vampires in this context. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there's so many good ones. I wanted to bring up really quickly. And then I think it would be also cool to talk about some of the, uh, I guess, like traditions of vampires. But one of the things I also want to bring up is if you guys like Will Wheaton's Tabletop. Um, I haven't seen it. He played Fury of Dracula, I I believe is what it's called. And it is a board game based on Dracula. Oh, I've played that before. It's (laughs) so cool. Yeah. I want to play it. You have to hunt down Dracula. Yeah. So, like, the game is (laughs) based in, like, kind of the Bram Stoker's Dracula. So the characters are, like, Van Helsing and Mina is one of them. John Harker is one of them. I was Mina at one point. Yeah. And then Dracula, of course. But it's, like, this really cool game, like, based on that. And it's so neat. And it's, like, so, like... And this is a fairly recent... Yeah, the last couple of years. Yeah, the last most. couple of years this game was made. So it's like the influence is still prevalent, you know? And there's, you know, obviously there's movies like Twilight, which, as Emily said <laughs> before we began this, like, personally offends me. But <laughs> but it's still there. Yeah. And you cannot deny that it became this phenomenon of, um, like, that, that, that resurgence, if you will, or that mm-hmm. renaissance of vampires and people's fascination and their love of vampires and then you have true Buffy blood was a huge thing true blood yeah oh, man yeah. true blood was really good for a while until it became like wackadoodle pants uh, it definitely well, jumped and, the shark and buffy is still influential in itself today, yeah you know i i honestly never got on the buffy train and it's like everything i should like and i just don't understand why i don't like it but i just force yourself to watch it honestly that's what i did i did i forced myself to watch eight seasons Wow, okay, so and, you basically saw the show. Yeah, so I was okay, like... Okay, so... I, I, at some point, I was long. like, um, yeah, there has to be something I'm missing. Maybe I just have to watch it some more. And then, like, the end of eight seasons, I was like, there can't be anything that I'm missing. Like, I just... <laughs> I've I seen literally understand. everything there is. <laughs> yeah, so I I didn't like it, but um, I can see why someone would like it. I think maybe yeah. if I'd seen it as a younger person, I would have liked. Maybe it. that's yeah. part of it because I definitely got into it when I was in high school, and yeah, I think depending I think about on your that age, a lot, frankly, yeah. like the way you receive media at different times de- determines how you like it. Yeah, and um, like for instance, people are always trying to tell me like, "Oh, go see the," you know, "You haven't seen this thing." And they're like, "Oh my god, you need to see this." I was like, "Listen, I know you really like it." 
but it's something you saw as a child, and if you saw right. it first time as an adult, you would not like it. So don't. You know what's a good go example of that it. is the Goonies. I yeah. never saw that as a kid. That's exactly. And I watched it. it as an adult, and I was like, "This doesn't even make sense. Right. The storyline doesn't hold together. Like, what is what does people love about this?" But and, but it's like when you're a child, you're yeah, like, exactly. "Fuck yeah, going on an adventure, pirate ship in a cave." Yeah, exactly. And <sighs> so, like, I think about here's a question, right? Like, if you could wipe your memory of any one book or movie or whatever or related like, to vampires, re- yeah, clearly related to vampires. <laughs> oh, we're talking about vampires. No, just anything. Anything. Or, like, even not even one thing, but any media at any time. Like, let's say you really love something, and you're like, oh, you know what? I really want to watch it again, but love it the way I did the first time. So I'm going to wipe my memory of it, and then watch it again. Yeah. Would you do it? Yes. 100% yes. You think so? Oh, my God. No, because what would happen is you'd wipe your memory, you'd watch it again, and the circumstances wouldn't be the same. You're right. And you'd hate it. Yeah. And your new memory would be a, one of hate. Yeah. You think not so? one of love. Yeah. I don't think I or would ever might. hate Star Wars. It might. You might not. But, like, the risk is there, right? Yeah. Like, it's more valuable to have that, that beautiful crystal memory than it is to re- try and relive it and, like, come up with, like, a deformed Oh, that's really telling about our personalities, too. Because I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cha- try to grab that golden ring. Every time, huh? Every time. Eh. No, that's not true at all. Are you kidding me? I'm gonna like, <laughs> I'm gonna stay at home and just binge watch it three times <laughs> until you love it the way you did again. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't wipe my memory. I'd just keep watching. I it think it until is until it becomes like a. Mm. Like I think it is some of our personalities, but I, I was thinking. Um, someone asked me that the other day, actually, and um, they suggested that they would rather reread the first Harry Potter book. As though they had never seen read it, and I was like, "Yeah, I was all on board." But now that no. you mention it, like, I don't think I would enjoy it as much as I did as a kid. Like, I think I would enjoy it definitely, but I don't yeah. think it would affect me the same way. If you could wipe your memory and then be like twelve or thirteen again, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. If you could, well, what you're asking for then is essentially going back in time. It's right. not the same power. You yeah, know? Like, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I would go back in time any day of the week to do some things, but like. Yeah. No, um, it's just an interesting thought. Like yeah. you can never get that feeling for a movie or a TV show again. Yeah. After you've seen it, like that was like it's a one crystal moment, and you have to make the best of it almost. Which is funny that you bring that up because I mean I know I made a joke about like what about vampires, but Interview with the Vampire is very much like that for me. Where like the first time I saw it, like I was just in awe, mm. and I it was one of those movies that I watched like multiple times. And I loved, like, I would listen to the soundtrack, I would watch the film, I read the book. Um, It just really had this, like, impact on me. And, yeah, I don't think, that was a very specific time in my life. I was definitely a teenager. (laughs) And I would never be able to have that back because Mm -hmm. it was, you know, all all the stars were aligned in such a way that it was, like, so heavy. I think, um, because I also... I didn't like Interview with a Vampire, and I tried to read it once, and I just couldn't. And again, that's one of those things that, like, seems like I would like it, but I just don't. And I think it's just because it caught me at the wrong time in my life. I don't know. I, maybe I was well, really so over it by then. That's a really good thought, too, is, like, if you could erase your memory and rewatch something and hate it, could you erase your memory of something you hated and rewatch it and love it because you're at the right time in yes, your life? Yes, I think that is true because, for instance, I... I always think about this with music. Like, I'll listen to a whole album of an uh, of a uh, artist and like pick out two or three songs that I just super love, and I'll re-listen to those two or three songs like fifty million times until I'm sick of them. 
And yeah. I'll still love those songs, but I won't care at all for the rest of the thing. But then, like, two years later, one of those songs that I didn't listen to will come up on my, you know, playlist, and I'll be like, oh my god, this song is touching my soul. And, like, <laughs> just have a very visceral reaction to that song. And it, like, meant nothing to me the first time I heard it. But, yeah. you know, it means, because it's just a different, it's got to be that you're in a different part of your life, and it just means different things to you. Mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting thought experiment anyways. Yeah. Uh, we're a little bit off track, though. We're way off track. Get we're back to vampires. <laughs> okay, so vampires. One of the <laughs> things that I wanted to talk about was uh, The Historian, which is a really, really long book, and it is, it's all about, it's like, I would call it an academic thriller, because it's mm. all about these <laughs> two, this professor who's trying to track down Dracula, and a lot of the, like, chase scenes are, like, through papers, <laughs> Like, through historical records. And, like, he You're goes, really selling it, Emily. I know, I know. I'm really trying. Um, he goes to... Is- or, I can't remember. It is a she. I can't remember if it's a she or he. The person goes to Istanbul, and, like, people keep on disappearing, and, like, other people are being super creepy, and you're not sure if they're a vampire or not. And, like... But they... They're all in the context of being librarians, and, like, libra- people who are keeping of records... And trying to find this. And you're not sure if, vamp- if like, Dracula is a real thing throughout the whole thing. You're like, are they being weird? Or, like, <laughs> is someone crazy? Am I crazy? Who's crazy here? So it's... it's you would actually really like that, that board game, The Fury of Dracula, because that's basically a lot of what it's like. You, you have to, like, yeah. find out where Dracula was and, like, via that kind of guess where he might be now and like yes that's exactly what it is that's that's very yeah, yeah you would, i think that would be a fun game for us to all play mm. yeah i definitely want to um touch on um penny dreadful which is oh. a it was on netflix yeah um and it's it's only three seasons but it is a tv show and it's about the classic romantic gothic um, characters. So there's like this one woman, and all these people circle around her. But you find the the main um, antagonist is Dracula. Oh. But then you also have like Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster. Um, Van Helsing makes an appearance. Um, so like Dracula's no Dracula, and then vampires <laughs> are like. Did you just the, call vampires Draculas? Like, all of them. All the Draculas <laughs> in this. So, Draculas are, like, the baddies. Okay. Um, and and then, like, you have Dor- Dorian Gray is in it. And, That's kind of like um, a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. A li- it's a little bit in that way that there's, like, all these, like, literary characters kind of squished into this one narrative. But yeah. it's better than that movie. The movie which was I rewatched. Don't watch the movie. I watched it. I rewatched Read it recently. Read the comic book. It's the movie's awful. Yeah. I thought it was gonna die. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, for them. It is embarrassing for like all the actors and that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that's a really great TV show, and and the reason I say it's great because I I just think it's really fun. And okay. This is obviously like a genre I enjoy, yeah. so it was really fun to me. But one of the other things I wanted to touch on was Thirty Days of Night, which is a graphic novel. Um. It's about, and it's, the reason I'm bringing it up is because I, the graphic novels are great. Don't watch the movie. The movie's really bad and dumb. Same thing with Leave Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. yeah. For just FYI. Um, but it's a, I think it's three books, maybe four, but I think it's three. But it's graphic novels, and the premise of it is, 
that this like horde of vampires go to this city in Alaska because for 30 days out of the year it is nighttime. Oh, cool. <laughs> so they it's genius when yeah. you think about it from a vampire point of view. <laughs> so they're going up to these like really northern places but like so in this story specifically this place in Alaska yeah so it's like just FYI that's what happens in Twilight yeah yeah. that's why they're in Forks because it's the rainiest uh, place in the United States and then the rest of their like pod is in Alaska because it yeah so yeah so it's like so it's called 30 days of night because there's like this one day where it's like oh okay it's beginning you know it's like that part of the year and the sun is absent for 30 days so these vampires come and terrorize this town and just like just it's just like this crazy like Blood orgies for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's about the, you know, so it's about the vampires and the dynamics of that, like, little vampire-like gang. Yeah. And the, and then the people trying to survive. Um, but that was really good. And then the last thing I wanted to say, because I really love it so much, is there's a book by Christopher Moore, who's an author that I've mentioned multiple times because I really like his work. Yeah. But it's called Blood-Sucking Fiends. And it's about this girl who lives in San Francisco who gets turned into a vampire randomly. And and it has two, so it's a trilogy. Um, the second one is called You Suck. And then there's a third one, which I did not realize. This man's realize. A literary genius. He's so good. <laughs> oh, my God. No, it's actually really, the t- okay. title-wise is, no, it is bad. But um, I've heard a lot of people say how I, good his books are. But he's yeah, really yeah, funny. He's a good too. writer. It's very funny. It's very readable, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to remember what the third one is called, but I just... Not that long ago, I found out that there's a third book. Like, I'd read the first two, and I didn't realize there's a third one until recently when I was on Goodreads. Yeah. So, um, but those are really fun. And again, just like, they're, they're comedies, so they're not really scary. But playing up those ideas of money is money is a superpower, because, like, the main baddie is really wealthy, and you learn that that's how he's gotten where he is. Yeah. And um, and, and then just, like... Right, like if you were a young woman in San Francisco and you got turned into a vampire, how would you deal with that? <laughs> so it's very funny. And there's lots of sex. Which I think is very interesting because you see vampires typically as a, like the bloodlust is the lust. Like they're not interested in physical love or like sexual yeah. kind of love. Blood is the sexual not thing for always, them. always though. Like for instance, in Blade... Yeah. Uh, the famous uh, Wesley Snipes vehicle, uh, where which we should talk about. Let's it's great, perfect segue. <laughs> no, but the, the vampires in that are like all about the sex. They fuck all the time, and like casually, and like but with each regard. other. Yeah, with each other, with vampires. Yeah, um, probably with other people too. Some oh, okay. victims or whatever. I don't know. I've, it's been a while since I've seen them. But I guess my point is like you're right. The the blood is like the main course, but like the sex is kind of like in these movies, anyways. Like. Secondary, kind Secondary, of like, that's yeah. fun. We'll do that in the meantime. And I wonder if that is a a symptom of like modernizing the vampire, right? Because when you when we look at older things, even even things like um, Interview with the Vampire, like they they seduce their victims, be they male or female, but they didn't want to fuck them; they wanted to drink their blood. Whereas nowadays, like sex sells, so it's mm-hmm. like why not let them be sexual creatures? I think uh, there was actually back in the day. Um, stories of like people following men following women home for instance and then waking up and she's dead 
and they're, you know, there's bites on their neck or whatever. That was, like, a common theme in a lot of stories. That, that demonic um, partner. Yeah, like, sex demon kind of deal. Well, um, Incubus and Succubus, like, those are yeah. classic evil tropes, too. They're not quite vampires, but, you know. Yeah, but they set that life force. The life force, yeah, life which force. is also very common among all these other ones we talked about, the Draugr and the, Cause your blood the, is the your, Revenant and stuff. Blood is considered your life force, but then there are times when that's, like... Like, yeah, I think with, like, the incubi and the succubi, it's, like, literally your life force. Well, whereas, so, like, blood's used as, like, a metaphor. I have, yeah, exactly. So I have a theory about that, and that's exactly what you just described it, is that, like, all these creatures suck your life force, but it's hard to, like, describe what that is to, like, like a common audience. So they're like, they eat your blood, all right? They eat your blood, all right? Just <laughs> whatever. They eat your life force, it's your blood, blood whatever. whatever. It's fucking, you know. Uh-huh. I do want to kind of just like dumbed it down to where like people could be like, "Oh, my blood. My blood is I don't my want life. him to take my blood. I need that." Because blood is what gives you boners. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. So, Hence, I need my blood, blood to get boners. If your blood's gone, you can't get the boners. However, there are such things as what they Bloodless call boners. No, sight. They call them That's a, that is a thing. Go on. Um for like well, that's a thing for like every mammal except for human beings because they have Baculums. That's true. Penis bones. Penis but bones. anyways, um, psych vamps are another thing, which is basically instead of a, a psych vamp would be somebody who, um, it's like a parasitic relationship where that person is sucking off of, when we talk about your life force. Oh, yeah. Your, uh, your emotions. Yeah, absolutely. Your emotions. <laughs> That's so, not like, so much a mythical creature as like people I've dated in the past. <laughs> oh. So like... But yeah, so like Rasputin is I've like, seen thems. <laughs> you're like, oh god, too real. But like Rasputin was considered to be a psych vamp because of his power over the queen and like the way he was always able to like manipulate her and to convince her of like yeah. what was going on was always what he said it was. So like any like so people who are extremely manipulative or narcissistic have narcissistic traits um or you know whatever like yeah so that's a yeah. like your life force but like as in your emotions or you could have your life force as in like your vital blood right yeah, yeah. Instead. I I do want to talk about um, the Sicky Stackhouse novels, which is what was turned into True Blood, the TV show. And um, mm. I want to mention it specifically because um, it's very, like, real life with vampires. And I know a lot of things try to be that. But, like, a lot of books, at least, they're like, oh, one true love thing. And, like, that doesn't happen in this. She likes it, the person that she starts dating in the first books. He, like, turns into a complete asshole. And then she, she moves through other people, and at some point she swears off um, vampires altogether because... <laughs> Good one, for her. Right, well, one vampire, like, secretly, like, he's planning his, like, super huge wedding to another vampire and doesn't, like, mention it to her because it shouldn't matter. Like, he just doesn't connect the dots that she would want to know about it because... I don't know. It's really very strange. Um, though his his thinking is just different than hers, and like that's a very big emphasis. Well, it would in be there. if you're immortal, right? Right, and that's kind of it. Like he loves her, but he wants this alliance with this other person, and so he's like, but yeah. he, they don't have anything to do with each other. Like I'm having this wedding, this, and like they are technically married. The um, 
the human and the vampire. And so he asks her for an annulment in order to get this wedding with this other person. And he doesn't seem to see a problem with it. And she's like, what is happening right now? <laughs> and so she swears them off. Also, she, uh, it's funny. It's pretty funny. There's one thing I'd like to talk about, too, is the like the weird moral uh, like evolution of vampires. Yeah. Like, they've always been kind of evil, right? Like, well, they have to eat human blood to, like, survive. They must be evil because they're eating human blood. But once we get these self-doubting vampires, uh, like, in uh, Interview with a Vampire and um, that other TV show we were talking about earlier. Dark Shadows. Dark Shadows. Yeah. We start getting this moral evolution where the vampires don't necessarily eat the blood of humans. Sometimes it's rats or, like, they'll get blood from blood banks. They might... Right. Like, hurt someone to get into the blood bank to get the blood, but they don't kill anybody. Or, you in, know, it gets like. In True okay. Blood specifically, that's the whole plot is that someone has come up with synthetic blood. Yeah, someone's come up with synthetic blood. It becomes like a. This, like, moral evolution where, like, suddenly these creatures that used to be, like, pure evil because, like, their existence depended on killing other humans, suddenly they're, they're admirable characters, and so we have to make a way to figure out a way to, like, make them less evil in their, like, their basic sense, you know, like, who they are. Right, yeah. And so it's, like, an evolution of, like, morality, almost, in this creature. Mm. Yeah, that's true. But we still need some drama, so, like... Yeah, like, they keep it in there. Well, but, like, so it's, like, specifically, like, fuck up a wedding! Drama! Well, yeah, they'll... Obviously, that's how stories work. (laughs) You need, like, some kind of conflict. That's so dumb, though. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. No one's going to read a story about it where, where everyone's happy and like about everything a just wedding that goes perfectly well. Who's going to read that? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> there was a wedding but and everything of, was of there. All on the time. plots. My point is, of all the plots, it's like, really, guys? What wedding are we talking about right now? Yeah. The the one you were just talking about, oh. True Blood. Yes, that one. The one where he, where he's like, I don't see what the big deal is. Just. I love you, but, like, let's get an annulment so I can marry this other person. It's like, that's the best you could come up with? And at the end of that book, she's like, fucking vampires. And she she hates vampires. And whenever they come over to her house, she's like, what do you want? What do you want from me? Is that Sookie's stackhouse? Sookie's stackhouse, yeah, yeah. It's it's good. It's a good series, and it's well written. It, It does not take the same turn as True Blood does. It's True Blood is quite weird um, after a while. But yeah, I also want to talk about um, Vampire Diaries is also a TV show that is trash (laughs) that I watch. Um, (laughs) That's like garbage and I love it. It is. It's just like pure teen drama. And the, the vampires in that have rings that allow them to walk around in the sunlight. Oh, that easy, huh? Yeah, Yeah, super convenient. (laughs) What are they made out of? Sometimes the Should- rings are stolen. Sometimes they're lost, but most of the time they're there, and it's fine. <laughs> are they made out of silver? Because that's not cool. Um, I don't know like, what they're made out of. They were cursed with I, a, by a witch. Gotta remember birth control. I gotta remember my ring. <laughs> right. Teenagers hard. Ugh, vampire teenager me. <laughs> um, one of my favorite movies that came out a couple years ago was Dracula Untold. Oh, did you guys see no, that? No, I didn't. That one was really cool because it's about the Vlad the Impaler character, but it brought up a lot of the stuff that we talked about earlier and that you specifically brought up, Emily, which was um, him being a uh, royal hostage. Yeah. So it's kind of about, like, you... So you learn... um, So this film is based on him, like, kind of coming back, but then um, the threat of, like... So the Turks are basically, like, 
hey, you remember how in your childhood we took you as like a royal hostage and we took a thousand or something of your young boys to train for our army? And we promised we wouldn't do that again, but then your dad died, so that truce is over and we're going to do that again. So that's kind of the the beginning. That's like the jump-off point where he's like, fuck you! And then he goes and he finds the the Dracula character. Every every vampire is a Dracula in your heart. (laughs) So... But yeah, so he goes to this cave and gets um, Dracula powers gotcha. from this like old ancient Dracula. That's very interesting. But my one of my favorite parts in the whole thing was the old the old Dracula is talking to him in the cave, and he's like, "Why are you here?" Blah 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 blah. And you learn that <laughs> being a vampire is this curse. Like he's living in this cave, and he's it cursed. Is a curse. Yeah. Well, he's cursed to stay there. Oh. So he it's like so it's like a haunt basically he can't leave and he has to live there or whatever, and um, the so the Vlad's character his wedding ring is silver and Dracula, old Dracula looks at him and he says and he and he says cover your silver it offends me, (laughs) so they're putting in those old tropes Mm -hmm. yeah again of like crucifixes and silver and there's one old trope that never comes up almost ever and that's the that dracula had to carry around a tub of dirt from his grave uh from yeah, his homeland have his... in order really? to yeah in order to survive he had to be planted in the dirt from his homeland like his on his person at all times I mean, he... His, his coffin. Yeah, his coffin oh. had to be planted. Or I think it was in his coffin, maybe. But he had to rest in the dirt of his homeland. And that doesn't ever come through. Because it seems kind of, like, awkward and, and uh, difficult to Yeah, remember. unwieldy for modern vampires. Modern vampires want their dirt in just little, like... They want it in their cell phone. There they want dirt.8. I want an app. Yeah. An app. <laughs> well, and I think this is another really interesting thing that Matt brought up. And I wrote a note about and. Which is that, like, there's some weird thing about vampires being OCD. So they, like, if you, they count, uh, like, if you have salt or seeds was another one. Like, if you think you're being pursued by a vampire, if you drop um, a bunch of salt or seeds, they will stop and they will count every seed or every, like, oh, wow. seed of salt. Yeah. And that's how you get, and, and, and they have a thing about untying knots. Interesting. Oh, interesting. So it's, but it's the same thing where it's like you you could tie a bunch of knots in one rope and like and you know put it, it somewhere yeah. and it would be like a deterrent because they'd they'd have to they would Sit stop and undo, undo every knots. single one and it would give you time to get away. That seems more like it's a like, fairy thing, like a like um you know because fairies sometimes they'll clean your house when you're you know asleep or whatever. That seems mm-hmm. very fey like that they have to write this thing that's wrong. Well, but the salt thing makes sense though, and like it makes sense because like. That's a common trope now for protecting against undead or, like, otherworldly spirits is, like, putting salt above your doorway or, like, on your thresholds and stuff yeah. to protect yourself. For instance, for- in the hit TV show Supernatural. Supernatural. You know, but- I had some friends who started carrying around little canisters of salt after watching that TV show too God much. God damn it. Like, they just, in their purse, they would, I would, they'd, like, pull out the salt. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, it's a TV it's show. A t- like, it's fun, They'll be but, like, like, get rid of it. You can say that when you get attacked by ghosts and need the salt <laughs> to protect yourself. I actually saw a great uh, Tumblr post that was basically like, if I was in Supernatural, I would get a hula hoop and fill it with salt. <laughs> and then just hula hoop <laughs> everywhere I went. <laughs> so this, like, never-ending... perfect. I was like, you go, I love it. Done. 
I love it so much. Oh, get a hula hoop and fill it with salt. And then just hula hoop everywhere you go. I hope everybody at home can hear me moving my body as if I have a hula hoop. She's gyrating. I'm, I'm, and I'm the worst hula hooper. Now I feel like I should learn. So you protect yourself from ghosts and Draculas. <laughs> Incidentally, Ugh, Draculas. Um, have you guys ever seen uh, Venture Venture Brothers? Yeah. You've yes. Seen it. yes. There was a character on there who was a Blackula, and he's like, I don't understand why this <laughs> is so right. hard. I'm a black Dracula. And he was just like, I don't, and no one would know how to address him or like talk to, he's like, I don't understand what your problem is. I'm a black Dracula. I'm Blackula. No, no. What happened is that he was a, he was like a Van Helsing type character. Yeah. And he only fought Blackulas. <laughs> That's what it, yeah, I was going to say, wait a minute. And he was just because like, I he don't becomes understand part what of the problem is. The, the triad thing, yeah, and it's like I can't do much unless it's a unless it's a black Dracula. I can't do much. <laughs> that was so. Odd. That's why I love Blade because he's the Daywalker. <laughs> Daywalker. Daywalker. <laughs> okay. My name is Blade, the Daywalker. <laughs> His voice is so deep and like. Bleh. Okay. Right, I've I never think we're seen off that. The rails here. We're all getting loopy tired, thing. but it is tired. good. Um, but yeah, I really, I really love vampire lore. I think no matter what, we can all agree that there, there is a certain attraction about them because they are generally beautiful. They, you know, are talking about the main tropes, right? Beautiful, live forever, super sexy, super rich. Yeah. Lauren wants that double D. I want that Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go, I do want to talk about um, something that is almost the opposite of a vampire, which is uh, this TV show Martha. that I watch obsessively because it's trash is called Haven, and it is actually like really very wait what's wait what's it called Haven, okay. and it's about the small town in Maine that has troubles. So every once in a while, someone comes with a supernatural ability, and they're super weird supernatural abilities. Um, that and they don't really necessarily know that they have them. One person, for instance, mm. is a bullet magnet. <laughs> so if any gun okay. is shot in their vicinity, they're the one who receives the bullets. Um, that doesn't sound great. No, and another person like, like can control the weather. Another person had was turning everything into a snow globe. So like they had a snow globe and they were making the whole town look like the snow globe and like it was fake snowing and everyone it was july and people were like it's gonna be christmas and she's like it's, it's but it's july and they're like that's when christmas is Woo. but a lot of weird stuff happens it's, it's garbage that show's garbage i love this show i love this show um and i've watched my fair share of garbage but like the snow globe episode snow is globe definitely episode. you know what it sounds like that's why me? i know it's garbage it almost sounds like um are you afraid of the dark well, Where it's like really cheesy. Yeah. Like it makes it kinda... the thing that saves it from being cheesy is that like these are just really very clever um, superpowers that these people have. For instance, one person oh the snow glow power snow glow power was a That's little bit super much. Unique. One person was like every time he played the piano, for instance, everyone around him would go insane. But his oh. wife went insane. Like she she legit had issues. And then he played the piano for her, and she came back to normal. But everyone else went insane. So, like, he had to... he Basically, they ended up um, getting on a boat 
with all these musical instruments and like driving off into the middle of nowhere so that he could play for her and she would be okay and not make anyone else go insane. So there's so anyway, this connects to vampires vampires because one person they don't find out until the end, but basically he cuts himself and the blood goes down the drain and then the blood takes on a life of its own and starts killing people that he doesn't like. So by okay. sucking their blood, like it'll basically exsanguinate the body, and then have that blood join that blood, and then get more blood. Interesting. So it becomes like a blood bag, <laughs> like a sentient blood beast. Yeah, a sentient blood beast, and they they it kills a whole bunch of folk, and it's horrifying. It's, Do you know why, um, or not why, but like how you magic. defeat a blood? Beast? <laughs> How does one defeat a blood beast? Well, in How does one defeat... Just a giant tampon. It's a giant one. So in this case, also, someone has a trouble that when they kill someone with a trouble and, like, bathe in their blood, that trouble disappears from their children as well. So the, the troubles run in families. So the person with uh-huh. the blood beast trouble, also their children probably will have the blood beast trouble unless this person kills that person... And, like, touches their blood, and then they take the trouble away from the whole family. Interesting. So that sounds like a, a sacrifice. Almost like necropants. <laughs> like necropants. Where you, you would sacrifice <laughs> yourself for your family so that your future generations right. would be cared for. And some are not That's horrible troubles, and you can live around. with them. Yeah. And some... It all comes back to necropants. Necropants. <laughs> yeah. I just really like that show. It's really good. What's it? Okay, tell me again what it's Haven. called. It's called Haven. Haven. And all of Haven. the dialogue is really good, and just the main character is not a great actress, and it really upsets me. I wish they would stop casting pretty people and actually cast people who could act. <laughs> but it is, it's awesome. It's got a lot of pretty people in it. A great actress. Only For instance, the main sheriff, the police chief, he can't feel anything. Like, he is, so if he gets shot, for instance... He'll just keep going until he like passes out because he can't feel it. That's a real. That's a real thing, though. That's, that's a real like yeah. disorder yeah. in the world, and that's why that's it trouble. takes so long to realize that these things are supernatural in nature. Because like, oh well, that's just weird. But because uh. <laughs> there are documented cases of people having like nerve damage yeah. like that. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Well, anyway, we'll have to check that out to end that if for no other reason than the blood beast. The blood beast. <laughs> the blood beast. Bless okay, you. Bless you. Sorry, I'm done. Okay. I want to see a blood beast versus Dracula. That's what I blood want to see. Blood beast versus Dracula. Oh, because, like, the Dracula, they both, like, mutually want to drink each other. Yeah. And the blood beast would have, like, a score to settle. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what happened in what Haven, it? is that the the blood beast was coming after the dude who kills the Troubles, and the dude who kills the Troubles has to touch blood in order to get rid of the Troubles. So oh, so he touched everyone's Troubles. Yeah, so he just, like, jumped into the blood and was like, Take it! So. Nice. Did he live? He's fine. (laughs) Yeah, he's He's fine. fine. (laughs) He's the most attractive person on the show. Of course he's fine. That's, yeah. Even if they kill him, they'll bring him back. back. (laughs) It gets real weird with with the barn that disappears and all sorts of stuff. But the original short story was written by Stephen King, FYI. Okay. Called The Colorado Kid. Interesting. All right. All right. Well, this that was, was a good conversation. This was great. Yes. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening, and uh, join us next time when we talk about something else that I don't know about right now. TBD. TBD. Woo! Goodbye, listeners. Bye. Bye.
Uh, we did this already once, and um, the recording was terrible. So now we're going to try again. <laughs> so we okay. had practice on uh, this one. Right. Also, cut that out. We're professionals, damn it. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. <laughs> good, good talk. Good talk. Um, 